with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating uncontested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumby and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumby with Think Bold, Be Bold, here with my awesome co-host, my only co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, are you in the house? I'm in the house. I'm actually in a sunny house today for the next... Uh, Almost the next two weeks, I'm in Santa Rosa, California, looking out on a palm tree in a blue pool. So, uh, unique experience from Portland where it's cloudy and rainy. So, I'm, I'm jazzed, man. I'm having a great day. Awesome. How about you, Chris? I'm having a great day, and I'm in Santa Rosa, Florida, you know, where I live. And, you know, I live in a, a great little beach town uh, in Seagrove, um, you know, right on the Gulf of Mexico, as you know, uh, Alan, and, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm, every day is a holiday, you know, it's, uh, it's an amazing place to live, it's an amazing place to do business, um, it's an amazing place to uh, raise kids and, and have a great time with my family, and, uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a while now, and man, oh man, the guests just keep getting, and I don't want to say better, but more interesting, amazing, they're doing some you know, really crazy cool stuff out there to help others. Um, you know, and obviously this show is uh, geared around entrepreneurs. And today I'll tell you, there's a treat for entrepreneurs to learn some really cool new things. Um, in fact, our guest has given away something as well. Um, we'll be able to share that a little later in the show. And um, of course, this is a great time to pull out your journal, as I always say. Um, something to mind map yourself through these discussions, any epiphanies, opportunities, things that you just want to say, hey, you know what, I'm making a decision, I'm going to go after the things in my life, and I'm going to get it done, and this is absolutely a place that um, should motivate you, because man, like I said, these guests are on fire, they offer up such amazing information, and, and you know, Alan, you know what the great thing is? They do go it for all it. for free for us, Yeah. yeah. right? I mean... Honestly, Absolutely. if you were to go and listen to these guys for the hour that they spend with us in a keynote, you know, um, uh, a keynote, let's say, uh, at a big speaking event or, you know, something going on that's relatable, I mean, you'd have to pay sometimes, uh, well, hundreds, if not, you know, maybe a thousand or, or, or several thousand in, in these cases. And, you know, I know our guest has a, a mastermind and, you know, to get into that kind of mastermind, to listen to this, this kind of information, uh, I'm guaranteeing you that you'd have to spend, uh, you know, thousands of dollars. So tune in. That's what I'm saying. Tune in, get your pen out, get it ready, because we're going to rock the house today. Oh, I totally agree. You know, I'm going to say it before we get started here, although I guess we're already started. Um, <laughs> shout out to social media. You know, I would never have met 
probably 90% of our guests had it not been for social media. And I just want to say another shout-out to Twitter because, Chris, you and I met Greg Haig through Twitter. And through Greg, we met Connor Blakely. And through Connor, we met Jason. And I would never have met any of those three guys had it not been for Twitter and the oh, connection, the, the immediate personal connection through these social media sites. So, you know, for those that, that are not, you know, Gen Y, Z, or Xers, for those of us that are the baby boomer, you know, generation, don't be afraid of social media because some, there's some amazing uh, some amazing connections can be had. And i got to get right into to Jason's history because it's going to apply to every listener we ever have ever had, and it's going to apply to every listener we're ever going to have. And as I give some of these stats and some of his background, I think you're going to see why. Now, he's the founder right now of uh, CEO CX Formula. Now, what he does is he helps fast-growing entrepreneurial companies gain what he calls an unfair advantage over their competition through the art and science of, get this, designing their customer experience journey. Now, it's a step-by-step process for uh, really, you know, delighting customers in a way that turns them into just, you know, basic raving fans. So what happens is is their their circle of influence, their reputation, you know, precedes them. Now he's increased his his clients, uh, you know, percentage of, of sales and development, you know, over 400 times. And get this, he's raised over six billion. Yes, that's with a B, for endowments and so forth, and propelled you know his client loyalty and profits and referrals and commitments and then you know engagements using this CX formula. This this methodology. Now he was uh, used to be an Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year uh, for business services, and he made the Inc. 5,000 list for three consecutive years. Now I've made the link or the Inc. 50,000 list, but but that's another zero, and that's not quite as uh, quite as uh, exciting. But is his get this list of clientele: Fortune 100 companies, solopreneurs, if you will, in the industries of. Uh, you know, retail like Foot Locker and Adidas and Nike and Hospitality, which has been my history and background, uh, W Hotels, Universal Studios, Disney, Burger King, even in the financial service, I told you he was well-versed, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, uh, Fidelity, higher ed as well, Stanford and Harvard, uh, doesn't get a whole lot better than that, uh, but he sold his first company called Creative Realities. Uh, he sold it in the high eight figures, okay, and he started and successfully exited. So if you want an exit strategy and how to do that, talk to Jason. Four other businesses, completely different backgrounds, medical diagnostics, automotive, spirits, and digital media software platforms. So, phew, okay, that was, uh, and I'm going to just get started, <laughs> but I'm going to leave it at that. And I want everybody to welcome Jason Friedman. Jason, welcome to the uh, Think Bowl Be Bowl podcast. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Jason is in the house. And I just want to say something, uh, just because I want to say it. Billion. I love that. Yeah, I like um, saying and, that and word, billion. I just I love saying that word. You know, it's just one of those things that the more you say, uh, the more it absorbs um, into my universe. And we get to circle with people like Jason that actually go out there and create opportunities to help people in those 
um, in those numbers, and it's incredible. He sold his company for, you know, in the high eight figures, as uh, Alan said, and, and, and you know, he's well-versed, um, but he has a mission, and he has a great mission. <laughs> And, you know, we had a chance to talk a little bit and, and, you know, he threw it out there and I love it because, man, it's a great number for one. But, you know, I think about the exponential of helping this many people and he wants to help a a 10,000 entrepreneurs with what he knows. But the ripple effect from that is just absolutely staggering. So I'm, I'm, I'm super impressed for one, and I can't wait to just get into it. So welcome, Jason, to our show. And um, I can't wait to uh, pick your brain on things because, uh, you know, that's what this show is all about. And again, I'm going to reiterate to our audience, get your journal out. This is going to be a great show. First of all, Jason, welcome. Thank you so much, guys. I, uh, I am on a mission. I want to help at least 10,000 small business owners and entrepreneurs really take their business to the next level and create the freedom that they want, the lifestyle that they want, and create the impact that they want in the world. And like you said, the, the ripples, that's, for me, that's like so exciting. Look at all the, the ripple effects of the good that people are able to do with the value that they're able to create and how many people um, we can impact in the world. And so I just want to play my small role and, and I, again, real excited to do that and excited to share with your audience. I love it. Uh, so tell us, um, and we'll just jump right into it. Uh, and 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 what a what an amazing um, bio, by the way. And and I think it's very impressive. But you know, I, I think you're a humble guy, and 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 really, you've got um, you know this this mission in front of you. So tell the audience and tell us, you know, what is customer experience? You know, your CX. Um, you know, tell us about that because. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm intrigued, and obviously you did this for big business. Now you're helping um, guys like us. I mean, you know, Alan and I. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. Um, customer experience. When you say that, it's it kind of sounds like this like highfalutin, like big thing, and I think it's really not. It's really more basic and more fundamental. And to me, it's a leverable, leverageable strategy. So when I think of customer experience, I define it as the perceptions that your customers have when they interact with your brand. So the, the key is that it's the perceptions that your customers have. It's how do they feel, how do they think, what do they think about your business. And you know, with large companies, and especially with the social media influence like you guys were just talking, the world is a different place now, right? The internet's the largest megaphone that ever existed. So the second you have an opinion, you're a publisher. You can impact tens, hundreds, thousands, maybe even millions of people with your thoughts and your feelings about your interactions with something. And so, you know, when you start thinking about the way people perceive, customers perceive an experience, more often than not, the perception that they have is not positive. And that's a sad state of affairs for the world that we live in. And so, as I kind of created my first business and, and I went about really working on how to grow my business, I found that the key to growing my business is word of mouth. I don't know if you guys find the same thing in your business, but it's, yep, you know, it's, very much it so. spreads, right? You know, and I ask anybody, everybody I ask, even large companies, how do you get your business? Like, what's the best way? It's word of mouth. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I started learning that if I did really awesome things for my customers, like if I really made them happy, they told people. Right. And it doesn't get a whole lot more basic than that, right? They, they told people, they spread word of mouth in a positive way, and they helped me get more business, more customers, even more employees to join my team. Word of mouth is probably one of the best things in the world that you could do. And so 
The thing is, a lot of us leave that whole word of mouth thing to chance. Like we don't decide, if I asked you right now, exactly what do you want a customer to say when they finish with your, with your brand? So if they, they just they buy something with you or they attend one of your events or they, they listen to this podcast, for example. So they listen to this podcast episode. What would you want them to say at the end of that? If they want to tell somebody else, what was it? Well, there's this opportunity to actually script that. Like if you sat down right now and you scripted that reaction and said, okay, at the end of this podcast episode, I want people to go and say, you know what, I just listened to this podcast episode and it blew my mind. I mean, like I, I, I knew word of mouth was important, but I didn't realize that I could influence word of mouth and almost script it for my customers and have them tell their friends and other people the exact words I want them to say. Well, if I wrote that down before I got on this, and then I, and then I put those, all those words in their mind because of the journey that I created for them. If I walk you down a road, for example, and I show you how to exactly how to do that, by the end of this podcast episode, you're probably going to go tell other people that. Well, that's how you do it. That just works. That's creating an experience and coming up with a journey that's going to create the words and the feelings and the authentic emotions in people's hearts and minds so that they go out and they share that because you're going to deliver on that promise. The beauty of it is you get to reverse engineer it. You get to decide what you want the reaction to be, and then you get to script the entire journey that brings them to that place. And it's I fun, it's exciting, and it works. I love it. And it reminds me, you know, I'm probably known better for sales, even though I wrote a book on personal development. And, you know, building my companies, one of the things to your point about scripting and, and you know, what I help people with now as entrepreneurs that I coach and, and, and help, you know, with a lot of other things on the front lines is that um, they're leaving business on the table if they don't ask for a testimonial or a reference letter. And quite frankly, uh, to your point about um, frameworks of, of, of what you want them to say, um, every one of my testimonials are actually um, a lot of what I wrote, but then had the client, you know, obviously take it and, 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 and make it their own. But they said what I wanted them to say about my business and the experience they've had with me. And they were happy to put it on, you know, a letterhead. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got I don't know, um, you know, how many companies uh, I built now, but I have reference letters coming up the yin yang because I took initiatives to go out there and do it for them. Because if you wait for them to do it, first of all, <laughs> that'll take forever uh, because just people get busy. It's not that they don't want to, but it, you know, if you offer up and ask them, it's it's an amazing opportunity. And uh, I love what I'm hearing. So, Alan, what do you got? Uh, what do you got for Jason? This is this is awesome, awesome insight for sure. Well, I, I, I have two questions, and, and, and I want to go back to what you said, um, uh, Jason. It's, it's awesome. Don't leave word of mouth. And, yes, I'm writing notes, too, and I know Chris is as well. Don't leave word of mouth to chance. What do you want your customers to say about you and your business? You have, Jason, you've had the opportunity to take this mission and, and offer it and deliver it on a silver platter to companies and individuals that have an extremely diverse and and wide-ranging circle of influence. So the impact can be tremendous. So here's the first of two questions. First question is, why now the change from working with billion-dollar companies and, and people with, with huge circles of influence to the small solo entrepreneurs starting? That's number one, okay? Mm -hmm. And the second question is then, and, and maybe the second question will we'll answer the first, but why is CS so important? 
Okay, great questions. And um, so first, Chris, I, I, I love what you just shared with me on the testimonial stuff. Like that is exactly what I want to see. So, so with that, why is customer experience so important? As you, you guys started the show off saying that social media is here and people are sharing, they're talking, they're buzzing. There's more tools and technology to share people's emotions and thoughts. I mean, Facebook went from a like button, now they have love and hate and all these other kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. We are sharing emotion. We, right. are, we, are, we are given ways to automate the sharing of our feelings, automate posting stuff online. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. so easy. It's old hat. And especially, like, I, to, to, to give a shout-out to our friend Connor, you know, Connor Blakely, the, uh, the lord of Gen Z marketing, <laughs> you know, his generation, his generation, that's all they know, right? So they're out there putting it out there every second it happens. And so if we're not focusing on our customer and understanding our customer, like, I mean deeply getting them, what motivates them, what frustrates them, who do they want to be, why do they want to be there? You know, what, what's important? And we don't find a way to make the experience that they have with our brand effortless and pleasant. We're not going to have a business. And so now the, the, we are in an experience economy. There is nothing else. Like we are not manufacturing raw goods anymore. We're not able to just sell a simple service because someone else can sell them the same service for less money. Anything we used to do, you can, you can outsource it. You can find it online for pennies. So the only way to compete in today's environment is to own the hearts and minds of our customers. I mean, that's it. That's how you win. And so it is more important now than ever before. And this has been important for a long time. I mean, this is not new. I mean, think about brands that have been around for hundreds of years that have been just really there for customers. People get connected to brands that they love and they, they don't leave them. But now you have to pay more attention. You have to compete for the hearts and minds of your customer. You're, you need your customers to love you. You need your customers to be grateful for the relationship. And that takes work. That takes planning and strategy. So it's just so completely important. So, so why small business for me? I mean, I love entrepreneurship. I've been an entrepreneur. I grew my business really large, but I was still an entrepreneur. I still ran it like a mom and pop family business. I still thought of all of my team members as my family. I mean, even though I'm not in that business and haven't been for a long time now, five years I've been out of that business, almost six, I still am close with those employees. We built a team. We built uh, a family. And so I love small business. I love the ability for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial-minded small business owners and, and teams to change the world. They're nimble. They're quick. They're focused on creating um, opportunities out of problems. They're focused on making the world a better place. And who more exciting and inspiring to work with for me? That's, that's my passion. That's what I love. So right. that's why I'm in that market. And I know from firsthand experience that they, entrepreneurs, can change the world. I mean, look at, look at Steve Jobs. I mean, there's a very vivid example of an entrepreneur changing the world the way we see things. You know, look at the way Google did it. Look at all these big companies. But they started as smaller entrepreneurial businesses. So I want to help the smaller underdogs, the entrepreneurs that are nimble, that are excited about creating value in the world, and help them do that. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 
um, you know, the world's a different place and, and entrepreneurs, um, you know, are, are changing the world. And certainly uh, what Alan and I started out with uh, as a thought, you know, with uh, the rising billions, I mean, we're just getting started for the new economy. Uh, we have right now, I think the numbers, you know, they creep up fairly quickly in the last, uh, you know, certainly uh, since we've been watching uh, in the last year uh, or longer, um, you know, the number of, uh, you know, people coming online. You know, the fact oh God, is, yeah. <laughs> you know, they say by 2020, uh, you know, we're going to have the majority of people uh, around the world on online. That's not too far away. You know, it's exponential now in terms uh -huh. of the growth and just the imagine uh, the other countries that uh, are now going to be, um, you know, for the first time ever, you know, being able to go online. Uh, and buy something you know that's just a, an incredible opportunity um, and that's why you have to be here right and that's why you have to have that uh, well what you have to have to offer and and get that word of mouth out and, and use these platforms to, uh, to to be available because that's what people are going to be looking for uh, around the world and, and and I'm super excited about that because um, again I, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, a lot of my years and um, I, I'm excited to see all these new ideas coming to the table because a lot of those ideas to your point they're solving problems for me and I just love it because now I can actually go down to the beach because someone came up with a great technology and I can launch my podcast show with my partner Alan and we can have a lot of fun while my feet are in the sand so I just love the fact that things are changing the way they are and we have lots of opportunities so let me ask you a question is it more hey, hey, Chris, Chris? Yes, yes. Chris, let me let sure. me inter interject something real quick here. Absolutely. I want to um, get move on, but I just want to talk about opportunity real quick. And, and I know we all love numbers. There's 543,000 new business startups every year, just in the U.S. alone. Or excuse me, every month, just in the U.S. alone. Wow. That many that many businesses applying for an LLC or you know a, a DBA or something to that effect. So there's a, for those of us that, that work in this and want to influence this demographic of people, it is enormous. Okay, that is, that's all I yeah, wanted to throw that a, out there. That is a definitely great stat. Thanks for sharing it. And it just goes to show for the people on you know the call, the audience listening, um, you know this is your opportunity. And tapping into a guy like Jason who can offer you up information that's going to help you. Uh, you know, with your customer experience and, and, and your customers um, seeing you and, um, you know, I, I like what you said about um, the fact that, you know, the perception of the customer having interacting with your, your brand, um, the interaction, I should say, with your brand. And, you know, it's incredible. It is it more or less, um, you know, the CX uh, formula that you have uh, for startups, small business, larger business, like give us give us some perspective on you know that because I, I think we can clear that up for some people maybe listening in to see if it you know it's right for them. Yeah, no, I, and I, I that's a great question. I mean, every single business needs to start, and in my it is my belief that you need to start by understanding your customer and delivering for your customer what they want. You know, you you need to deliver for them what they want. You need to understand them, and you need to be able to really articulate the problem or the opportunity that they are having in their mind that they want to solve or they want to leverage better than they can themselves. So you have to understand that. Whether you're a small business or you're a startup, you have no customers. Once you get the understanding of how to focus on that customer in a way that most people don't understand, you're able to build out a whole process and a workflow for your business that is consistently delivering that value. I call it like designing a business by design versus by default. 
mean, a lot of us, we come up with a product or we have a product or we, we resell a product and we just start doing it. And then the delivery of the product or the way that we teach a course, the way that we service a client, it's just we do what we have to do to get it done mm-hmm. and hopefully to do it well. But we don't really manage uh, the, the development of our business by really creating a system and a process that creates efficiency, both from an operational standpoint, but also from an experiential standpoint. You need experiential efficiencies so the customers are not having extra steps in the process that frustrate them, that you're not introducing things that can go wrong in a process. And so more often than not, a business will um, kind of evolve out of necessity, out of like kind of putting out fires and building a process around avoiding those fires in the future. Right. So you kind of get this windy, curvy road that you travel to deliver each thing for each customer. And it's not horribly scalable, but as your business starts to grow a little bit, you start to realize some of these inefficiencies, and then you try to clean it up a little bit. And sure. what you end up with, potentially, is customer satisfaction, where you've got customers that are pretty pleased with the product or the service they bought, but they're not in love with you. They're not necessarily loyal customers. They're satisfied customers. Mm. And over 70% of satisfied customers leave. They go to a competitor when there's a better price or a slightly different offer. And so you need to build loyalty. And the way to do that is to engineer the systems and processes in your business. So if you have no business yet, if you're just starting out, going through a process like this lets you get started without creating all that mess to have to clean up anyway. So it's perfect for the startup because it gets you a really good roadmap. I use the analogy of an architect and and a builder. Like you don't go and go to Home Depot and get a bunch of lumber and start building a house you know, just kind of board by board, you sit down with an architect. You design a set of plans. You think it through. You look at it. You understand, well, how am I going to feel about this decision or that decision? And once you get it all sorted out, then you go and you build it. It's the same thing. So I like to think of like the startup or the, the very early stage entrepreneur or small business really has a huge advantage by doing this early on. As it relates to, you know, a more experienced business, I was, I was out consulting with a company literally last week in the Midwest, and they're like a $30 million business. We found at least 2 or $3 million of money being left on the table because of mistakes. They were losing profits because of mistakes that they had in their process that were really annoying their customers. They were like frustrating their customers, and they're losing customers, but they're having to do so much extra work to reship things or to send technicians or, or customer service representatives out into the field to undo stuff, all because they didn't have this process mapped out. That would make the customer happy. And what drew attention to this, they still didn't realize this until we sat down with them. What called attention to it and shined that bright light on it was that they had angry customers. They, didn't, they, were, they were so close to it, they couldn't even see the inefficiencies uh, until they, they, they got the angry customer. So a lot of times, it's kind of like boiling a frog. Like you're, you know, you're in that pot on the stove, and the temperature's getting hotter and hotter, and you don't feel it. You don't realize it until all, all, all of a sudden, there's that explosion. And so we don't want you to get that way. So for businesses that have been in business for a while, it's a way to take a step back and understand this methodology and this framework, and then put in the systems and processes in place so that it's not leaving any of this up to chance. It's really delivering on that customer happiness, but it's putting in all the stuff. The, the, I, call, I divide the world into two sides, the front stage side, which is everything that touches your customer, and the backstage side, everything that is invisible to the customer but makes that front stage happen. So it lets you design what you want that front stage experience for your customers to be, and then put in all the systems, the processes, and the training backstage so that it makes it happen. And literally within a, a two or three day 
um, uh, coaching. We had a you know a, a dinner and a gathering on on the first day, and then we had two days of coaching training workshop. I mean, there was transformation that happened, and it was it was awesome, and we had uh, we had a, a blast doing it. So I think any size business needs to take a look at this and understand how this kind of formula works. We spent years kind of refining this and putting it together, and and it just works. I love it, Jason. I, love it. I, I, I think that's fantastic. Hey, Chris, let me jump in here real quick. It's not like I have a lot to say today. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad, or if it's the the weather down here because uh, it's blue sky. But uh, I love everything you're talking about. Jason and I, and, I, and I know that Chris does as well, but as we're, as we're looking at um, you know bigger small companies and you're talking about what needs to be changed, why do you think that that people aren't? Why do you think that they're having the negative responses? That uh, why are they leaving two or three million dollars on the table? Why are these things occurring? Is it habit based? Is it incestuous based? Is it because the, the people from stage, so to speak, are, are perpetual? What is the reason for this hypnotic you know, turnover of the same kind of results time after time, not being aware of what is possible? That's a good question. I mean, and, and there's a few different answers, but I can tell you what I call this. I call this the experience gap. There was a research study from a company called Bain. I'm sure you guys have heard of Bain. And mm-hmm. they... Yep. Um, they interviewed a variety of different large businesses and small and their customers rather and like so the CEOs of companies and their customers and they found that 80% of the CEOs of these businesses said that their customers were having an amazing experience I think the term they used was superior customer experience and the customers of those exact same companies only 8% of them said that they were having a good experience so there's this divide there's not an understanding from most companies side of what's happening inside the hearts and minds of their customers. They're not able to see it or understand it. And part of it's because they don't understand how to put on the customer's lenses. They don't know how to put on the customer goggles or stand in the customer's shoes and really look at how they're feeling and how they're being. It's hard to do. And we have a whole process for dealing with that. But at the same time, if you don't understand that or if you can't kind of, as, uh, as Jim Collins would say, confront the brutal facts of your own operation. Sometimes it's a little ego. Sometimes it's a little scarcity mindset. Sometimes it's, you know, just a little bit of, um, of not being tuned in. You don't even see what's happening. You don't even understand it until big problems come out. And a lot of businesses don't build in the, the indicators or the, the checkpoints to see and take a, press, a pulse check on what's happening. So I think that's one of the big problems. I think another one of the big problems is that they're not really cultivating the employees and the employee experience isn't right in their business. Right, you know, right. I, I tell people to start with the end in mind. You always have to design with the end in mind. So you have to look at what do you want your customer's experience to be? What do you want them to say? What do you want them to do? Once you understand that, you start inside your company. You start with your team, with your employees. And they all have to really be clear on the big why of the firm, of the company itself, and then also of their own why. And I call that their position mission. What is it that they, their role contributes? What's their personal why for being there? What are they supposed to do that's going to lead to that excited, happy customer? And so that's like the second area where I find the biggest divide. You can have really great employees that care, but they're disconnected from their why. I'll give you, do you have time for a quick example on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so in, my, in my business where we were doing all this Fortune, uh, the Creative Realities business, when we were doing all the Fortune uh, 100s, Fortune 1000s, we had, um, we had a call center. We were putting 
we were actually designing and creating experiences, teaching people to do experiences, but also implementing uh, systems and technology and, and training and all sorts of stuff on their behalf. So we had a, a support group that would actually answer phone calls when a television screen in someone's uh, retail store wasn't working or something like that as well. So the standard call center. The only reason that someone calls that number is because something's broken. And so they're angry, they're frustrated, they're upset. It's not what they want. So that customer service representative at the phone inside my company, they, they, like, they come in and they think, okay, well, my job is to fix the problem. And that's not what their position mission is. Their position mission is to make the customer happy. So how do I make the customer happy? By solving their problem quickly, by being by having empathy for the situation that they're in. Like, they shouldn't have, the employee at the, at the retail store shouldn't have to stop what they're doing to make a phone call to tell us that the screen's broken. We should have a system that's working. And if it's not, we should be upset that they had to waste their time to get our system back running. So we would get on the phone, and our, and our, our service reps got a lot of training in this. So we would get on the phone, and the first thing we would do is apologize to that person that they were having to take time out of their day to make a phone call because our system wasn't working. And then we would tell them that we were going to do whatever we could to make sure that this didn't happen for them and that we could solve this. And if they would be able to maybe spend a minute or two doing a quick troubleshoot with us, we could decide if we needed to dispatch a technician, send a new part or whatever so that we can get them back in business and stop wasting their time. Every single one of those people were grateful that we were respectful of their time and that we wanted to only use a minute or two of their time to get this solved. And, and we went from having people that were angry on the phone to having people that were delighted, that were grateful, that were thanking us for our service and our support. And both the customer and the employee had a better life at that point. Because when someone's calling up and complaining all day long, if you can't reframe that conversation and change that attitude, you're going to get beat down from the employee experience too. And so we created all sorts of gamification to make our customer service reps have a better time doing it too. We had all sorts of banners and awards and, and different you know, badges and trophies and compensation things that would incentivize them to do an even better job, all tied to their position mission, their big why. So I think you know, it's really important to keep that in perspective, like these reasons why you get into situations like I was explaining before with that other customer. You don't see everything. And, and sometimes you get so focused on the company also that you lose sight of the customer. So in some examples, like maybe you're billing on a PO, and as soon as the PO comes in, if you ship equipment really quickly, you get to get your money faster. So maybe you shipped equipment a little bit too quickly because you needed it for cash flow, but it didn't support the customer. Right. And there's a, a situation in a business that could happen. So what could you do to make that better? How could you still ship it as quickly, but have all the information you needed to verify that it was the right equipment, or it was configured properly, or whatever those situations are? There's steps in that customer journey that can be added that will make the system work better, will achieve the goals for the company, and create a happy customer. But it takes some time and some thinking and putting on those right customer-facing lenses to understand what that perception is going to be and how to put those systems in place. Right. And it sounds like, um, you know, something that I always, uh, you know, mention to people, you know, you have to step back and see the whole picture because you're going to see it from a different view. And, and that's what I hear um, you're saying is that you need to just, you know, look at it from different angles. Um, a lot of times we're running, especially with companies that have, um, 
you know, these cash flow things, as you mentioned, uh, so we don't step back, but, you know, stepping back can actually, you know, make a huge difference because it's hard to see a picture when your nose is up against the, the picture, right? Um, and yeah. I find that that is definitely the case in, in a lot of ways. So I love what you say, uh, you know, employees are your customers as well, and that's an important uh, yep. aspect to remember. And, and and I love what you said about gamification and, and, and you know, getting them to position, uh, you know, their mission to support all the things in the company. But, you know, let me ask you a question. I mean, this sounds, uh, you know, obviously amazing. And, um, you know, there's there's probably people shaking their head and, and, and saying, well, it sounds like you have to have a big budget to do this. Um, yeah, I can see Disney and, you know, Harley Davidson and, you know, uh, Apple computers and, you know, all these big companies. Um, you know, create these experiences, uh, you know, for their, for their customer. But let me, you know, it sounds expensive. Um, tell me about that. Like, what, is it, um, is yeah. it just something where, you know, I'm making up in my own mind, uh, you know, maybe our audience is thinking the same thing. I like to take us through that journey because obviously not everybody has budgets for um, these types of things, but what can we do? Uh, to, to uh, if there is a way um, to to make that a customer experience, um, you know, on a budget, I guess maybe that's a, a good way to put it. Yeah, I love that question. Thank you. Um, so, can I can I just answer that with kind of an example? Might be the of best course, way to do that. Of course, that's the best way to do so, it. Sure. Yeah, sorry, I'm a little bit of a storyteller sometimes. I love it. Stories um, are great. But so so I had a I had a client come to me who was a restaurant owner, and if you know anything about the hospitality business, I think you said that you did. Um, you know, you want a certain number of turns of tables per night. Like, you need people to come in, you, they right. eat, then you clear their table, then you have another company, another, you know, guest come in the same table, and you want to have several turns per night. Well, this restaurant in particular had about 30 tables, and they only ever maximum had half of them full, and of those, they only turned them like one to one and a half times a night. So that's like bankruptcy. Wow in that business, yep. right? Yeah, it's a, it's a bad wow, right? Negative wow. So um, so he was struggling, and he had no budget. He had no money. Like, he, you know, obviously he could barely pay his staff and keep the lights on. So he, he was, he's like, you know, I need some help. Like, I need these customers to come back. So I went in, and I did a little bit of quick interviewing of some of the customers that were in there, and the very simple questions like, so, you know, how was the food? And you get, oh, it's okay. Well, how was the service? Well, it was okay. Are you coming back again? Hmm, maybe. That's not what you want to hear. Like, you need them coming back. You need customers. Once you finally acquire a customer in any business, right, you want to, you want to have that customer for a long time, the lifetime value of a customer. So if a, a, a family of four comes in and they spend, you know, 100 bucks one time, you know, if that was the whole value that you ever got from them, they never come back again, it's, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. It's not sustainable. Right. So he had to find a way to make them stay there. So the first thing we did was we came up with a really good understanding of what is the what's special about his restaurant. Like, what is the theme? What is the point? What is the, you know, what is good there? And he's like, look, he's like, we're a local restaurant. Like, we want this to be, you know, the place where you come for dinner when you don't feel like cooking. It's just we just want families to come here when they don't feel like cooking. So we came up with this theme where it was the dinner table away from home. Right, and it was based on this kind of loosely based on this theme from the, the television show Cheers, if you remember that, like Norm, yeah, you know, yep. place where everybody knows your name. 
Uh-huh. Right? You know, and it was, this is that, like, where do you want to go? You want to go someplace where you feel welcome. Like, if you had a, a neighborhood restaurant where you went in and they knew who you were and it was comfortable and relaxed, you'd go back again and again because you know the people there. You're friendly. It's comfortable. And so that's what we wanted. And we wanted, you know, local businesses to go there for lunch as well. And so what we did was we started coming up with a way to make people feel really welcome. I mean, the food was, was good. It just wasn't amazing. And amazing food alone is not going to bring people back. Amazing service alone, it's the whole experience built in. So when you would come into that restaurant, what we did was we'd have the hostess greet you, and they would say, hey, is this your first time dining with us? And if you said yes, then they would turn around to the credenza behind the hostess station and grab a set of silverware wrapped in a white napkin because you're a new guest. If you said, no, I'm returning, you'd get a set of silverware wrapped in a red napkin. So gather up the right silverware, they'd bring you to your table, and they'd set you down. Now, you as a guest, you have no idea that there's different colored napkins in the restaurant. It's just it's inconsequential. You don't think about it. You just go into your table. So next, different members of the team, be it the busboys or the, the waiters, waitresses, what have you, would come by and say, hey, if you had a red napkin, it's so great to see you again. Welcome back. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I'm a big shot. These people know me. Or vice versa, if it was a white napkin, it's like, hey, is this your first time? It's so great to have you here. Welcome, you know, welcome home. And then the waitress would come over, and the first thing that she would say to someone, if you were a, a returning guest, would be, oh, we're so glad to have you back. You know, my name is Stacy, and, and I'm, I'm going to be taking care of you tonight. And um, as a returning guest, my, our chef would love to just make a special appetizer for you on the house. So if there's any food allergies, let me know. Otherwise, I want to go get that appetizer going for you, and, and I'll be right back to take your drink order. So it was all about making the I love the recognition. Yeah, and, it's, and then we had systems so that we would start to get their names. And the waitress at the end of the night would say, you know what, this has been my sincere pleasure serving you. You know, remember, my name is Stacy. Ask for me next time you're here. I would love to take care of your family. And think of this as your dinner table away from home. Whenever you don't feel like cooking, come back and visit with us. We'll take Beautiful. great care of you. So she gave them the words for word of mouth. Think of this as your dinner table away from home. We would love to take care of you. So mom immediately leaves, and she goes to her Facebook community, and she posts, oh, my God, you know, OMG, just had an amazing meal at this place. You know, we got to go for our, you know, our girls' night out, you know, what have you. And they started being, like, overbooked, and it didn't take a whole lot more. So then we put in some other systems to start capturing more details. What's their favorite drink order? You know, because the, the waiters and waitresses would start to know their customers. And they would start to know, oh, you like Diet Coke, you like this, you like that. And it just became a place where they literally, you were a regular. And they came back all the time. That cost zero dollars other than some staff training, right? The napkins, they, were already, they already had a linen service. They were getting all white napkins originally. We split it 50-50, 50% white napkins, 50% red napkins, until ultimately we went 75% red, 25% white, because we had more repeat guests. Wow. Right? So there's no cost. That was a $0 solution. It's the thinking. It, you know, the planning, the strategy is everything. The execution can be $0. It could be a billion dollars. You get to choose. But I would say that the, it's the littlest things that mean the most. So I help people think of this idea. Of, I have this idea called the 1% solution. And so I, like to, I say to people all the time, like, I could give you a dollar if that's 100%. So I can, I can blow all my budget in one shot. Or I could give you four quarters. So I could spend 25% of my budget, like, each time. So now you have, like, maybe 25, you know, four moments that are really cool instead of one major moment. 
I could also give you quarters, uh, sorry, nickels or dimes and pennies. I could spread it out. So maybe you had 100 pennies, 101, you know, one little 1% 1 wows. So I could do that. Or I could break it up. I could give you a penny one time, a nickel, a quarter, another two pennies. And so I can actually manage all these touch points that I have and create this journey, this roller coaster ride that's a positive, fun, exciting journey that's not always expected 100% so that I don't create a situation where it becomes old hat or it becomes so predictable that it's not exciting. I can create something that is predictable that it's always going to be good and that it's always going to be moving me in a direction that I want to be moved, but that I'm always wowed because there's dynamic range. It's like think of a music piece, like a symphony. If it was always the same speed and the same instruments and the same volume level and the same tempo, it wouldn't be exciting. But they break it up and they vary it and they create that journey that makes you feel experience and, and delights you. And that's how we want to craft. And I use the word craft intentionally. We want to craft the journey that your customers go on you. We don't have to spend a lot of money, but we have to know how to do it and we have to have the, the idea, the theme, and then that execution behind it. And then it's consistent and it creates an unbelievable journey, unbelievable set of word of mouth for your customers and build loyalty. I love that and that's what I was just looking at on my page. This is absolutely an amazing way to create that loyalty um, and especially with that story that Again, it, it, it just, you know, completely opened my eyes and, you know, obviously I don't have a restaurant, but I'm thinking about ways that I can create that same um, process. Uh, you know, I'm Canadian, so I say process. I apologize, but <laughs> I, always okay, get caught, hey. I, always, I always get caught by the Americans saying process. What did he just say? Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, it's, it, it's, yeah, exactly. A, that's where I'm from. What are you talking um, about? <laughs> so dang, you know, like I thought I was actually, um, you know, everybody knew my name, but apparently it's the napkin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, again, yeah, uh, for the audience, um, you know, just thinking about that story and then, you know, taking it into your business and figuring out ways and stepping back. And actually, you, you, you music to my ears um, when you talk about think, because I truly believe, I'll, you know, people just don't stop and, and, and think for a bit and think from, you know, that again, what I mentioned earlier about standing back from the picture, looking at it from different angles and then thinking yourself through it. And, you know, quite frankly, uh, even for the large business out there, and, and there might be some CEOs that are listening to our show, um, you know, it's an important aspect to step back and, and, and ask yourself those questions. Are you thinking through that? Are you getting some feedback? And are you, you know, taking some new approaches to make sure that they're not just satisfied clients or customers, they're very loyal and, um, Wow, uh, great information. Uh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Alan, what do we have for, uh, man, time's flying, guys. So, you know, we got to squeeze in a couple more questions quickly because I need to, and I can't wait to, ask Jason about the rapid, bold insight. Um, so let's, uh, let's take him away, Alan. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing my last couple of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like it done before you had. Uh, that it, you wanted me to go to commercial break. Okay, Alan uh, wants a commercial I break. Commercial break. No, no, I, 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 I'm done now. Jason, I, you know, you've talked to, I, I love what you're talking about because it's so, 
symbolic with what, um, just personally for me, what I've always talked about. And if you, if you give your customers and, and your clients and those that uh, are thinking of you and about you, if you treat them so well and so perfectly that you really don't have to market yourself anymore because your reputation and your servant leadership and your knowledge and your understanding of your client's mission and vision and what they want to experience, that uh, you don't have to advertise anymore. Word of mouth will do it for you. And is that possible? And, and I, I think I know the answer to the question, but is that possible for large and small companies on equal, on equal share? I mean, I think, I think yes. Uh, but I, I actually, I, so yes, yes and no, I guess. I, I think smaller businesses could do it better and faster, mm. personally. Right. Because I think like there's a tribal aspect of it. Like, you know, when you start when you when you're a small business and you start getting a following of people that love you, it becomes a bit of a tribe, right? And you share mm -hmm. stuff and you wanna tell other people about it and you wanna support I think most people wanna support the little guy, the underdog, the people that are just that they get more access to and get to, to connect with that are more um more personal. It's more personal, I think. So uh, so I, I, I mean, I think it works for both. It works for all businesses. Like if every business did this, the world would be a better place because customers wouldn't be so right. pissed off all the time. They'd be happy, right? right? So I mean, I think right. like, you know, in my own little way, it's kind of my mission to make the world a happier place too because, you know, think of all the complaints all the time we spend being frustrated or aggravated about something we just bought or something we just, you know, experienced. And it could just be a much different thing. So I, I think that it's an opportunity for all businesses, large and small. But I think small businesses can do it faster. I think they can scale very rapidly, and I've seen it happen. Um, I've worked with a bunch of local businesses. I'm, I'm based in uh, just outside of New York City in northern New Jersey. I've worked with a small group of businesses here that have, in less than six months, doubled their business size. Wow. You know? And wow, that's it's by, by being really strategic about what are we doing for our customers. And when it's in small – like if you had a local business – like if you were a landscaper even, or a, or a contractor, or a plumber, what, whatever it is, you could literally double or triple your business in your local community in very short order, is my, is my belief and my experience from doing this with small businesses in, in this area, for example. So I, I, I know it's possible, and I know it can happen, and I believe the smaller businesses have this um, unbelievable unfair advantage to crush their competition when they use this kind of a methodology. It's just, it just works. I love it. It just works. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, it's totally perfect. You know, Seth Godin, you, you mentioned tribes, and, and I know we all know Seth, and, and he talked about that. He talked about the tribe mentality, and I, and I truly believe it's true, and I also agree that it's a lot easier to, to move a few people than it is to move a village, although I think that uh, when you move a village, you, you not only um, you know move the village, you you really dramatically affect the villages around it, right. and uh, I think that or, really cater you know caters to the what we've been talking about the the and what you've been talking about the solopreneur. So thank you for everything that you're saying. Really does in fact uh, promote depth and growth and opportunity for the solopreneur. And uh, I think you've given 100%. enough benefit today already. To dramatically change the the uh, business plan of every entrepreneur that's listening today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. 
Yow, oh, that's what I say. This is Yow. what I love. This is what I love. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell, uh, Jason, that you do, and, and it comes through that passion about, um, you know, really wanting to help. And, 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 you know, I can hear it in your voice when you do speak with that uh, conviction um, that if, you know, people do these uh, small acts, um, you know, they lead to some incredible uh, opportunities within their business. So, you know, it's that time. To, it, you know, this show flies, Jason. Uh, you know, we always tell people that, um, man, we, we would love for you to, first of all, we'd love for you to come back would you come back sometime this year a hundred percent would love to awesome awesome because next I, I'm week sure there's... <laughs> part sure. two yeah uh, yeah part two. <laughs> you let me know we'll, we'll make it happen i i, I love you guys and, definitely and, would do, do it well, I'll tell you, you um, you absolutely have a part two. You probably have a part three and a part four because there's lots of information that you can share. So let's let me uh, ask you a question uh, just quickly for our audience. How do they um, how do they find you? Sure. So um, I have um, I have a download for you guys, which um, I call it the Seven Customer Experience Killers, and it really. Um, it exposes a bunch of challenges that people have in their businesses or things to avoid when you're starting up a business. But more importantly, it has some really cool strategies in there. And it's got a tool that I call the Customer Persona Creator Tool, which helps you go through a wizard to understand your customers better. So if nothing else, grab it and use that free tool. I charge people a lot of money for that in my course. But for you guys, um, I wanted to share it with your audience. So if you want to download that, if you go to go.cxformula.com, slash be bold you can oh. um, you can just uh, jump on there and grab it and like I said it's it's awesome stuff like get it breeze through it it's not heavy reading it's not heavy lifting it all makes sense but there's some really cool strategies in there and this tool it, it helps you put on the customer lens it asks you the questions and it holds your hand and walks you through the process of understanding them better so um, I, I, I again I want everyone to get value, so so use that tool. Uh, it's my gift to your audience, and uh, and I'd love to hear about it too. So you know, there's a, there's an email address in that book. Just shoot me a note and tell me what you think of it as well. It'd be really awesome to hear from you. Super, thanks. I, I I clicked the link, and I, I'm sure Chris probably did too. And you've even got our logo and a link connects up there for us. Yeah, this is for so your audience. Again, we're personalizing audience, it. And, and it. remind oh. me, when we, when we do the next episode, remind me to talk about mass customization. We'll talk about that a little bit more right. on the next episode. Okay. And I, I do mention it in the book, so uh, in, the, in the download. So just, like I said, awesome. grab that. It's, it's chock full of value, and, uh, and I'd love to get any feedback on it from everybody. That'd be awesome. Well, thank you for that, and our audience always appreciates when you know the guests come on and and provide um, you know some some material that they can have for free that you know will definitely change the landscape of of their um, you know their future, and uh, definitely appreciate it. Well, it's that time, and you know I want to get into some rapid bold insight with Jason Friedman, um, who you know just came on you know quite frankly and wowed the heck out of me. Um, and, and I want to thank you for that, Jason, because you, you, you had me thinking. And I think, um, you know, for our audience, uh, he definitely had the audience thinking as well. I don't know about you, Alan, but, uh, you know, it certainly charged up. Oh, very much so. I've got pages and pages of notes. And uh, <laughs> I thought I was pretty articulate on what to say, but uh, right. Jason's taking it to a whole new level. And uh, I've learned a, a number of things that I know that I want to apply uh, with my customer base, and I know customer base, and I know awesome. that Chris and I are going to apply some things uh, probably sure. as soon as we get off the podcast today. For sure, and, for sure, and do some modifications. So I totally agree. 
For sure. Cool. And uh, thank you for that. So this is rapid, um, you know, keyword, rapid, bold insights. So we're going to speed through uh, about five questions here, Jason, so that, you know, audience can get a little, uh, a little bit more information on you and who you are and, you know, what things uh, impact you uh, through your journey. So let's get started. What book have you read that you recommend, you know, either you're reading now or, you know, maybe you've read and really changed things for you? Uh, so, just jump to the top of my mind is uh, a book called Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, awesome book. I've read it probably seven or eight times now, and I always go back to it. Um, it's awesome if you're building a business. It's awesome if you want to create a really they, – they, Made to Stick is about creating stories that last with people, stories that people want to retell. And as you're building out your customer experience, it's a key, key piece of how you – how you grow that. So Made to Stick it. by Chip and Dam Heath is awesome. Awesome. I'll make sure that people know that in uh, when we um, uh, in uh, in the body of the content uh, on the show cool. as well. So what do you do for fun, Jason? Other than playing with my two boys, Jack and Josh, um, I'm a private pilot. So I love flying. I love the freedom of flying. I wow. love the, uh, I just love the, the experience of, of getting in the plane and, 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 just going anywhere. It's just yeah, uh, it's amazing. an amazing, freeing feeling. So, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do. I bet. What one piece of technology has uh, really helped your business, uh, let's say, the most? Uh, currently, uh, I'm well, uh, two. I'm, I'm crushing on two pieces of technology right now. Uh, the first one is a tool called Slack. I don't know if you guys know it. Yeah, but yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, a, it's an amazing tool that kind of starts to eliminate email and changes the way you communicate with your team. Um, so it's S-L-A-C-K, Slack.com, so definitely check that out. And the other bit of technology is um, the anti-technology. I am a very big fan of just getting up and being face-to-face -face with people as much as I can. So I like the, the technology of just personal interactions and human interactions as much as we can. So that's my latest, greatest. I'm trying to eliminate other technology on that side. So both of those kind of like left and right. Amazing. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, what quote has had the most impact on you? Oh, wow. I love quotes. Um, probably, um, probably one of the, the, the best ones that I share a lot with other people is one by Maya Angelou, the famous poet. And she says, you know, people don't always remember the things you say. And people don't always remember the things you do, but people always remember the way you made them feel. Ah. And so I think it's just so important when you think about experiences, like how are you making your customers feel, and you talk about your personal relationships. Yes. It's not about what you say. It's not about what you do. It's how you make them feel. So really think about the, the person on the receiving end and, and design how you want them to feel and then do it. I love that quote. That is, uh, and absolutely, uh, I love that one as well. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap her up, and then Alan's got a great uh, question for you to lead the audience with. And what's sure. your next bold move? Um, I, like I said when I started off, I am on a mission to help uh, 10,000 entrepreneurs change their lives, change their businesses, and change the world. So I'm in the process right now of launching uh, the next round of my uh, online training program, and that's going to be launching in uh, sep uh, late September. And so I'm trying to get as many people uh, exposed to this idea and this thinking so that we can make a real big impact. And I'm spending mm -hmm. all my time and energy on it. So, yeah, I'm real excited about it. 
Thank you so much. And, uh, you, you know, we, we always love these questions because it gives, uh, again, a, a little personal uh, peek in on, uh, you know, the things that uh, help you and, and what's helped you over time. And, you know, obviously there's a lot more questions we could ask, but the fact is, um, you know, these are ones that uh, we feel, you know, can really help uh, our audience. And, and again, uh, seeing a different perspective uh, through all the audio, guests we've had has uh, has provided some amazing. First of all, we've got a list of books that's incredible, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 giving people ideas on on what to do for fun. So I, I appreciate all that insight, yeah. Alan. Alan, take us away, my friend. Well, thanks, Chris. Um, hey, uh, I just wanted to say, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, to both of you, this is always an, an enlightening, you know, piece for me. I, I'm honored to be Chris's uh, partner, and Jason, I'm honored that uh, that you're on our show today. And uh, oh, it really is you. a privilege. Oh, you know, the, the thanks all ours. We, we do appreciate your time and your honesty and your transparency and sharing, you know, your wisdom. And there, there was a time in, you know, in, in our country and in a lot of countries where you, you hold stuff close and you don't share. And nobody grows that way, and nothing really no. expands, and you know, to further expression that way. So, thank you for uh, for giving us your wisdom. But uh, the, the, as Chris said, the time is at hand. We're down to the last question, and uh, I, I guess that you know, what what is the one most important thing that you want listeners uh, to do right after hearing this podcast? Um. Well, what I want what I want everyone to do is. Uh, I want you to do. Can I give you two things? Can I give you two things, please, sure. please, please, please. Sure. Yeah. So I want you to download <laughs> that tool, and I want I want you to download that customer persona tool because I want you to get really clear on who your customers are. And then the next thing I want you to do is I want you to write what I call the ideal customer script. I want you to write what they would say, what you would want them to say to somebody else about their experience with you, and get as you know, put as many adjectives, get as specific as you can. Because once you do that, once you put that stake, you know, in the sand and you write that down, all sorts of energy, all sorts of enlightenment, all sorts of ideas are going to start flowing for you. I've seen it happen with every single person that does that, and I want that for all of you. So figure out your customer really clearly and then write that ideal customer script, and you will have a transformation right at that moment. I promise you. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. And, and, I, and I wrote that down verbatim. Uh, we get the privilege of uh, listening to this thing as, as many times as we want to, as I know the audience does <laughs> too, but we get first crack at it. So I know yeah. I'm going to be listening to this uh, a couple times. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, Jason, for your, like I said, your honesty and uh, for your transparency and your wisdom and the stories. I love you know, we learn best from stories and experiences, and they definitely uh, enlighten the audience and, and Chris and I as well. So with that said, cool. thank you so much, Chris. It's been an honor to be on the show with you. Why don't you uh, take us home? Absolutely, and uh, again, a big shout-out for the audience, um, you guys being here and, you know, really listening in to the things that have been helping you with your business. We really appreciate, obviously, if you have any comments, come to info at thinkboldbebold.com. Let Alan and I know, you know, things that you maybe want, looking for, um, liked, didn't like. Um, and uh, we'll be sure to, uh, you know, uh, get the things that you want uh, on and, and respond to all requests. Jason, 
Amazing, my friend. Uh, we've got uh, obviously uh, lots of uh, lots of things we're going to circle back with you on. Appreciate it, and uh, we're going to have you back on the show soon enough. And wouldn't be a show without me saying do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.